0: What is the feeling that you would like to have? If you can imagine, if you could wave a wand, what is the sensation that you would love to experience again, even if it feels like it's a million miles away from you and it's something that you will never access, even if it feels that far away from you? If you could, what is the feeling you would like to experience? Welcome to today's podcast episode. It's a solo one and I'm going to be chatting with you about seven things that I do think are really worth considering if you're going through a a particularly hard time in life. We all have our moments when we're facing challenges or we're feeling a bit low And feeling low can be subjective. For some people, feeling low is just a bit of a flat mood, getting stuck on some negative thoughts and feelings. And for other people, feeling low can be full-blown depression. I've definitely experienced depression in my life and I've also just experienced those days, as, as we all have, those days where you just feel a bit flat for whatever reason. Maybe there is something going on in your life and it's appropriate to feel flat and low and sad, or maybe you're just struggling with your mental health and that internal dialogue and you can't even put your finger on why you're struggling. I know there have been times in my life where I have experienced bouts of depression and there have been times during those bouts of depression where I actually haven't really known how to explain what's wrong and not being able to point to something and say, this is the thing, like this is the thing making me feel depressed can actually amplify the depression because you then feel a level of guilt for feeling bad because your logical mind knows you're fine, you're lucky, you're safe, you're healthy, all of the things. But despite having that logical awareness, you still just feel shitty. You feel low and you feel sad. And then you have this guilt on top of it. And it just makes you feel worse and you get lower and lower. There have been other times in my life where I can clearly point to something that is causing me to feel pain and causing me to have a low mood. There are times in my life where I would consider myself to certainly be depressed, but also that it was like appropriate that I was feeling that level of sadness and feeling low in that way because there were things going on in my life that were causing me to feel that pressure and causing me to crack. And so recently, I have been reflecting on these times in my life, mainly because when we moved house, I found myself reading old journal entries, reading journal entries from years ago, uh, you know, like 2018, 2019, right up until the start of 2022, really. But there were some entries that I read that were just so confronting to me. It's not often that I go back and read journal entries. In fact, there are journals that I've thrown out over the years because I don't think I will go back and read them, not because there's anything uh, in them to cause me to like make me want to throw them out, just because for me, typically, the act of journaling has been about collecting my thoughts in one spot and spewing them out in a safe way, just getting them out it's not really been for me about documenting things, but what I found really interesting in going through old journals has been this these feelings that have come up within me of recognizing how sad and how low and how hard and how much I really was struggling at different times. And it's been, like for me, quite a worthwhile endeavor to sit down and read some of these Journal entries in terms of understanding how far I've come and how low I was. Because when you're not in a low, and I say in a low, but like when you're not depressed, when you're not feeling sad, you don't, like you don't reflect on those times really unless you have a reason to. And so for me, reading my own words back and looking at the sadness on the page and the loneliness and the heartbreak and all of that stuff and the struggles and the doubt. Uh, it's been confronting and it's been cathartic all in one. But it's made me really reflect on what were the things that were helpful for me during that time that allowed me to get out of that low hole. Just quickly, a word from today's sponsors. Unless, of course, you're one of our Venti members, in that case, there are no ads and your episode is about to keep playing. Now, first and foremost, if you are feeling depressed, if you're feeling sad, if you have lost pleasure and joy in all things in life or just in some things, if you're finding it hard to kind of rally any positive energy or any happiness or joy, please, please go and speak to someone. You don't have to feel that way and just because you feel that way right now doesn't mean that that is your life sentence. You will absolutely be able to turn it around. You might just have to white knuckle for a little bit and hold on and get yourself some support. Go and speak to your GP. Find yourself a counselor. Find yourself a psychologist. Tell a loved one. Like speak up if you are struggling. There is no shame in feeling like you are struggling. I will also put some resources in the show notes as well. But I wanted to share with you the things that I think really did help me throughout this time in my life. So I have a little bit of a list here. And when I sat down to think about the things that were most helpful, there were seven. Seven topics kind of came to mind quite easily for me. So, in terms of overcoming sad times or low times, I think one of the most important things that you can do for yourself is to have a routine that spirals you upwards or at least keeps you at the same plateau kind of level. I want to invite you to notice when there are things that you do that make you feel worse. And maybe you just feel numb, like numb all the time and you're not feeling worse, but you're certainly not feeling better. That's okay too, just notice that. But I want to ask you, Are there things that you can identify that do make you feel worse or things that do make you feel better, even if you don't necessarily feel like doing them? So, what I mean by that is if you're feeling low and sad and just having a hard time, does it make you feel worse staying in bed and ruminating on those thoughts? Or does that feel nourishing to you, like having a soul day in bed, escaping, hiding under the doona? And there's like, For some people, having a day in bed will actually make you feel better and make you feel rested, whereas for other people, that's like the worst thing. Keeping in mind, of course, I'm not a medical professional. I think that you know that by now. I always encourage you to seek medical guidance. But I know that just from what I've read and from what I understand, the antidote sometimes to feeling low is connection. And so for me, isolating myself wasn't always helpful. And so I would notice, okay, what are the things that make me feel worse? Can I create a routine that stops me going down the path of feeling worse? Maybe I can't create a routine that's going to magically catapult me from a 1 out of 10 to a 9 out of 10, but I can probably at least recognize the things that make me feel worse And use my logical brain to create a routine that either keeps me stable or might make me feel a little bit better. So think about your routine. You might like to ask a friend or a professional for help in crafting out this routine. So if you've noticed that, you know, you're really, really tired, which can happen when you're sad and feeling depressed, and you're noticing that you're sleeping until nine and then you wake up every morning feeling frazzled, you're oversleeping, all of that stuff, creating a routine where you do just make sure that you get up at 6, thirty, seven, 7, whatever's realistic for you because you identify that sleeping in makes you feel worse. Next up, it's so important that we separate our actions from our feelings. I think that like this is the most important skill that we can learn as human beings. You can feel a certain way and separate that feeling from how you act. You absolutely can do that. But sometimes we have the experience that our feelings are so large and that they are the ones in the driver's seat calling the shots and we start listening to them. And so I want to encourage you to notice how do you feel And how do you separate your feelings from actions? All too often in life, people think that they need to wait to feel a certain way to take action, but we have it completely the wrong way around. Sometimes you have to take action in order to feel a certain way. Don't wait until you feel better to act in a way that a better, in quote, person would act take that action and see if it helps to improve your thoughts and your feelings and your mood overall. Next up, I think hope is one of the most important things to cultivate and nurture when you're feeling really low and sad. There were times when I definitely felt hopeless and overwhelmed and just had a sense of dread about different areas in my life. But being able to access even the smallest flicker of hope was really transformative for me. Some of the ways that I would access hope would be through listening to other people's stories, you know, listening to other people that had been through similar challenges to me or listening to people that had been through even harder, like worse challenges, not in the way of going, oh, well, you know, they've got those problems that are a 10 out of 10 and mine, you know, mine's only a 5 out of 10 and I should be so grateful to have this problem. Not in that way at all, because that doesn't make you feel any better. In fact, it can just add that layer of guilt on top, like I spoke about at the start of this episode. But just in terms of adversity and hearing someone else's struggle and hearing someone else overcome something that is challenging it can really help to grow that little flicker of hope within you into a full-on fire so listening to stories reading talking to other people who have been through challenging things i would listen to podcast series um you know there was a podcast series i listened to that was about addiction and that wasn't to do with anything i was going through but it just helped me to understand it is often part of the human experience that we do have these low, low moments and we do all face our own set of unique challenges and people can overcome hard things, you know, because when you're feeling low, it's hard. Like you can't just flick a switch and think positively, but you can Surround yourself with positive stories that you might just be able to take something very small from, you know, something very minor might just impact you in a way that goes, oh, okay, maybe I can do this. Maybe it won't always be this hard or always be this way. Number four, awe. Awe as in like marveling at something that is bigger than you. For me, awe was really helpful in terms of kind of, I guess, like decentralizing myself from this narrative, because when you are stuck in your sadness, that's all you can see and it's all you can feel. You know, you just are so overcome by that darkness. It's like you just can't see past yourself, but actually seeking out awe moments things in life that made me feel small and part of something bigger was really helpful in kind of right-sizing, I guess, my experience of what I was going through. So things that might inspire you to feel that sense of awe, it could be lying outside and looking up at the night sky. could be going for a big nature walk and looking at a waterfall if you have access to that. You know, it could be meeting up with your friend who has a newborn baby and you just find yourself like in awe of this tiny, perfect little creation. Or maybe it's working with animals. What is it that leaves you just in awe? Like how many times can I say the word? Um, But yeah, just asking yourself, what is it that makes you stop and pause and marvel at something else and yes if you're sad you might not have this huge experience of going like oh my gosh I've had this rush of emotion and I feel inspired and I feel incredible but you might just find yourself taking a beat and noticing something and it can be a way I think of pulling yourself out of that fog next up speaking of the fog access the sadness this was a big one for me I realized early on I was not accessing the sadness that was within me. I was over-functioning. I was presenting to the world that I was fine. I was leaning into perfectionism, um, really just like doing anything, any form of distraction from my sadness so that I didn't have to face it because I was so afraid to face it, but it still existed and it would still come up in moments that I didn't want it to come up and it was still like this, you know, ever-present sensation in the pit of my stomach that I was trying to run away from and trying to escape from and I couldn't. And I often think when we don't face our sadness, that's when we lean into really unhelpful behaviors or unhelpful thoughts, patterns, habits, people. You know, I think Gabor Mate often speaks about this in terms of addiction. I'm sure it's him. He says something like, you don't ask why the addiction, you ask why the sadness or why the loneliness. And sometimes it's just about escaping a sensation that is within us. Substances can become a salve, and it doesn't have to be a substance in terms of, you know, the traditional sense like alcohol or drugs. Maybe your poison of choice, I say poison, but like maybe your escapism of choice is probably a better way of framing it is impulsive shopping, or maybe your escapism of choice is scrolling endlessly on your phone or gossiping with a friend or eating or not eating or exercising or, you know, there's a million different flavors, there's a million different ways that people can escape. And those behaviors aren't always noticed as being inherently bad or dangerous because they might not be. But when they become a problem is, if you are using it as a band aid to escape from something that is within you that you need to feel and that you need to process, so accessing the sadness can be really important. If you've got that heaviness on your chest and you just have to crack it open and get to it and face it, now for some people they might be able to access this sadness through meditation or a breathwork class or through therapy. For me, I found it really helpful to access this sadness by watching sad movies. You know, I just had to have a real cry and get it out because it was like if I didn't stop and watch something sad and allow that first tear to fall, I just couldn't access it. I was so disconnected from how I was actually feeling And so many of us are, right? And sometimes we have to disconnect from how we're feeling so that we can function. There were times in my life when I was really sad that I had to disconnect from how I was feeling in order to be a mum, in order to get up and make the kids breakfast. So sometimes it serves you, but there are times in life when it doesn't serve you. Back to, you know, how it can lead into unhelpful behaviors, dangerous behaviors. So access your sadness journaling, talking to a therapist, watching a sad movie, a sad TV show, um, a sad song. You know, maybe there is a song that just undoes you and you need to play it on repeat a few times to actually move through that sadness. I know for a lot of people, breathwork can do that as well. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact I want to ask you, what is the feeling that you would like to have? If you can imagine, if you could wave a wand, what is the sensation that you would love to experience again? Even if it feels like it's a million miles away from you and it's something that you will never access, even if it feels that far away from you. If you could, what is the feeling you would like to experience? what comes up for you? And even if you're not in a low state right now, even if everything is going swimmingly in life for you at this very moment, it's still an important question to ask yourself. What feeling would you like to have more often? See what comes up. See if you can write down one thing at the very least. And if one is easy, then write down three or five. How can you access some of that for yourself? How can you even just make the smallest, like the smallest little improvement on that emotion for yourself? So maybe you're feeling low. And when I ask that question, you think to yourself, well, I'm feeling really lonely. And what I'd like to feel one day is connection. You know, that's your pie in the sky emotion. You want to feel connection. Okay. I'm going to ask you to go a step further. And I know that's hard when you're not feeling good. But what could you do to feel a little more connected right now in your life? Could you make a phone call? Could you get on FaceTime? Could you book in a therapy session? What is it that you can do that's going to give you a sense of connection? You know, and maybe those things are even a bridge too far. If you're not feeling up to human connection, can you take your pet for a walk? Do you have a pet? Is getting a pet maybe something you could do? Volunteering, like what is it that's realistic to you right now during this time in your life that would meet that need? Maybe it's fun, it's happiness, it's spontaneity, whatever it is. If you had to be very, very... uh Uh, precise and really put your mind to it and sit down and examine that word. What is it that you could do to reach a little more of that? Next up, different therapy modalities. Okay, and I say this because I remember during my early 20s when I was really not in a good place. I was very, very mentally unstable, not feeling good, not thinking well, all of the things. And I had a bit of a breakthrough moment when I was actually in hospital. And I remember thinking to myself, I'm just going to try, like I really, truly am going to try. And so what does trying look like? For me at that time, trying looked like trying different therapy modalities that I hadn't tried before. And I tried a variety of things. I remember doing a lot of inner child work. And at that time in my early 20s, inner child stuff felt very abstract and I did not understand what I was even meant to be doing. Like I can remember being in a therapist's office in Brisbane, and she was really trying to get me to access my inner child and have these visions and have these healing moments. And in my early 20s, I just couldn't buy into it. I could not get my head around the fact that there was like a little version of me inside that needed the current version of me to validate and nurture her. But even though at that time, that style of therapy didn't really land for me, what I noticed was. Just taking the action of trying, so just booking the appointment, showing up to the appointment, you know, just those simple things actually gave me a sense of what I would now describe as self-efficacy and purpose. It allowed me to feel like I was ever so slightly and ever so slowly moving back into the driver's seat of my own life rather than being passive in my sadness. And so trying different therapy modalities, sure, if you're really fortunate, you're going to hit the jackpot and find a modality that works for you, whether that's, you know, the eye movement, the rapid eye movement, EMD, whatever the acronym is, maybe it's talk therapy, it's cognitive behavioral therapy, there are so many different things that you could try. Maybe you'll hit the jackpot and find the one that is like perfect for you. But maybe a beautiful byproduct of just trying different therapy modalities will be this sense of self-efficacy and self-belief that you start to build ever so slightly on the side. Now, therapy can certainly be very expensive and the cost of living crisis right now is real. Everything costs a fortune. And I, I just, I feel you and I hear you and I wanted to acknowledge that. I would encourage you to investigate the mental health plans that are available in your state or country, wherever you live. In Australia, we are quite fortunate in terms of being able to get rebated uh, therapy sessions under the mental health care plan. I've certainly had my fair share of mental health care plans and I encourage anyone to go and ex- like explore that as an option. If trying different therapy modalities right now isn't really Financially, an option for you. Don't let that be the blockage if you still have access to things like the internet and libraries. You would be surprised what you can learn from just reading a self help book if it's just the right time. Be led by your intuition. Go into the library, see what is available, pick things up. You might pick up 10 books and put nine back, but there might be one that just has something in there that is helpful for you. There are likely community uh, organizations available as well with group therapy and things like that too. But yeah, just trying different things can be really valuable. Maybe it's trying different meditations, um, listening to a different podcast on on different therapies. Just be curious about what it is that you can do to look after yourself. I remember, it must have been like a year and a half ago, maybe even two years ago now, I interviewed um, a gentleman called Alex about his book, The Upward Spiral. You know, we've all heard the phrase, the downward spiral, when you're just that snowball running down a hill and you're just collecting more momentum and things are getting worse and worse and worse. And so he has a book called The Upward Spiral, where he talks a lot about this sort of stuff in terms of just noticing what is it that can pull you out of that downward spiral and make you, you know... Work towards feeling better incrementally. So, that might be an episode that you want to have a listen to, or even a book that you want to get your hot little hands onto. But anyway, I just wanted to record this episode because it's on my mind. I know how overwhelming it can be when you're not feeling great. And there are lots of reasons why people might not be feeling amazing right now. And just don't be hard on yourself. You know, don't put extra pressure on yourself to be Sally Sunshine, or, you know, don't make yourself feel guilty or feel worse than you already do. It's okay to just go, this is where I'm at right now, but you won't be here forever. Hopefully, one or more of these uh, tips has been helpful for you. As always, it would mean a lot to me if you do let me know. Slide into my DMs over on Instagram or leave a comment. I really do appreciate you being here and I look forward to speaking with you very soon. Today's podcast episode was recorded on the land of the Bunjilung Nation. In the spirit of reconciliation, we acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea, and community. We pay our respect to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen,